Welcome back to the Darting Through the Faith <laughs> podcast. I'm Father Sean Wilson. With me is Julia Monin, and behind the camera is Grace Weatherhead. Hey, Grace. Grace, welcome to the show. Yeah. She said thank you. Yeah. So uh, we're here on Darting Through the Faith, and, uh, and the time has changed, and not much else has changed. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, the time has changed. That's right. We did a... We did a, we did a great fallback. Turn back time this mm-hmm. weekend, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. Yep, got that bonus hour sleep, which uh-huh. I never take full advantage of. Right. So I was in the central time zone this weekend when the times turned back. I got very confused. Yeah. You just lost like two hours of time, huh? Right. So I was very confused, but it was all good. It was fine. In time's defense. Sure, yeah. You're regularly confused with that sort of thing, Accurate. right? Accurate. <laughs> hundred <laughs> percent. Call it out. Throw it out there. And that is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, that's time, why we love you, Julia. Time is hard. Yeah. Time is hard. And you know, there's whole cultures of people who like are behind like whole cultures mm-hmm. of people who just are always behind, who don't march to the beat of this clock. Tick, 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 tick. I'm telling you that ticking. That does something. Even that right now just makes me want to go. The idea of ticking. So I don't know who these people are, but I belong with them. Hmm. These people who, yeah. Anyway. Do you think. And time also is a man-made thing in terms of the minutes, you know. Well, sure. But I mean, the first thing that God does is he creates time, right? He separates the day from the night. He uses the sun to mark the hours and Mm -hmm. the moon. Like like the Lord does this because Mm -hmm. he, yeah. We need I, some sort of rhythm. I don't mind order or rhythm. I yeah. love it. Yeah. But you, the second. T- it's the, oh, it's the second, <laughs> right? <laughs> Hours, fine. Seconds. Yes, I'm an ish person. Ish. Ish. Yeah. I'll be there ish. And I don't even need an hour. 15 minutes, give or take. Give me 15 minutes on either side, mostly the late side. <laughs> <laughs> and all is good. I don't even need a whole hour. But the... T- 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 yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Well, wow. Yeah. Thanks I, for uh, encouraging me to expose my soul. Yeah, you're <laughs> so good. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah. It's true. It is. I mean, you know, I I could go on a laundry list of my own battles with time and wanting more time in the oh, day. We'll be here next week. Oh. <laughs> we'll yeah. be here. I think I'll have plenty of opportunities to Okay. to uh, return the favor. Of what? exposing some of, oh, of my, some of my your foibles? yeah okay it's a great word it's a great word by the way just for the record to clear the air i am in no way shape or form offended or hurt that this came up i know okay you okay. joke about it more than anybody okay. else <laughs> i just like i'm noticing you like sitting like should i not have said anything? no like <laughs> i i like did something in my neck oh. on Friday night, oh, no. like I like pinched a nerve and it's been like, I, it's better. It's much better, mm. but it's still like, I'm trying to work it out a little bit. So, you know, I got some stretches and I like do some of this and some of that. Yeah. And, uh, so that's, that's, if okay. I'm doing weird shoulder stuff, it's okay. like, I'm just if trying you to look like you're uncomfortable. Yeah. It's, it's cause I'm physically not, because not, you're in my presence. <laughs> yeah. Not cause of your presence. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's always good to know. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? A good reminder to all of us when we're trying to read people's body language that maybe it's just not about yeah, you. Yeah, maybe they just, you know, maybe <laughs> maybe they just ate some bad food. Maybe it has just, absolutely nothing to yeah. do with you or what you said. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it does, though. Maybe it does. <laughs> not in this instance. Not in this instance. <laughs> it, it's everything to do with what's going on, like right sure. in here. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Let's just pray. Let's, I think we should. Uh, yeah. That was something. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we um, surrender this, this time into your hands. We ask that through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary and the prayers of St. John Paul II, that this podcast may be um, do to may build up fruit in your vineyard, and that it may glorify your name. We ask all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So last time we threw this dart, yes. and it landed on the meeting tent in eventually. the Old Testament. Eventually, yes. <laughs> yes, you know what they always say, eight times a charm. Eight times a charm, mm-hmm. that's right. So, mm-hmm. Meeting tent in the Old Testament. Right. So mm-hmm. as they are busting out of Egypt, right, mm-hmm. you know, they've got this meeting tent. It's the precursor to the temple, and it's got the Holy of Holies in it, carrying the staff of Aaron and carrying some of the... The, uh, the the bread, the, the manna, and then carrying the, the tablets of the Ten Commandments, and mm-hmm. off they go. And that's the meeting tent. That's where Moses goes to pray. And mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty pretty eloquently described in Exodus chapter 33 there. Mm-hmm. So you think that's a, worth, a worthy can read? I, yeah, can I read that? Hit it. Okay, Exodus 33, 7 through 11. Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, far off from the camp, and he called it the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose up, and every man stood at his tent door and looked after Moses until he had gone into the tent. When Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the door of the tent, and the Lord would speak with Moses. And when all the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the door of the tent, all the people would rise up and worship, every man at his tent door. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses turned again into the camp, his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tent." Everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp, and the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. So what does this meeting tent in the Old Testament have to do with fear of the Eucharist? Sure. This is the question everyone is asking. Right. Everybody's like, what is this Old Testament (laughs) stuff have to do with the Eucharist before the Eucharist even, you know comes on the scene mm-hmm. at the Last Supper. Mm-hmm. And we're both going to take a drink bef- as we ponder this. To build up anticipation, you know? It's the anticipatory. It's like, well. What were you going to say there? I was just going to say it's like it's like the vigil before Easter. You know, you're oh, anticipating. Okay. It's real long. You get some Old Testament stuff, and then our Lord appears. You know, I was thinking of, you know, the grace that's there before. Like, what is that called? Prevenient. Prevenient grace. Mm. And I was just randomly thinking, did you just have that same random thought I did? But no, you didn't. No, I didn't. Oh, well. Here we are, different people. Who would have thought, you know? (laughs) Who would have thought? Mind-blowing. Okay, meeting tent, Old Testament, your Eucharist, tied together. And tied together. So we're we're, uh, reflecting with Father Florian Racine. Racine? I don't know French, but... um, could you not watch with me one hour? How to cultivate a deeper relationship with the Lord through Eucharistic adoration. So you betcha this is about, his reflection on this is about Eucharistic adoration, about Moses going to meet the Lord mm-hmm. and how the Lord basically takes time with Moses. Mm-hmm. And um, and that that's it, right? So we're we get to see the very we get to see the very flesh and blood of God in the Eucharist, right? Mm-hmm. We get to see our Lord just as Moses is speaking face to face with God. So we get to speak face to face in adoration with with the Lord our God. Mm-hmm. 
And that, that whole idea that Moses is speaking to him as a man speaks to his friend. And mm. this is the opportunity laid out to each and every one of us when we go and be with his Eucharistic presence, right? In right. the adoration in the tabernacle, we go into these holy, sacred places set apart where Christ himself is dwelling, and we get to speak with him face to face as Moses does, right? Mm-hmm. As, as we would speak to a friend. That should in some way humble us, I would think. Right. Is that not like, what? Yeah, the God of the universe actually wants right. to have a, a friendship with you. Right. Which, you, you know, and that's that seems so far-fetched, mm-hmm. maybe, because you think about other religions, and they're, you know, non-Christian re- religions, and they're, they're kind of understanding on humanity's relationship with divinity. And, you know, you think about like Zeus, he just comes around and messes around and causes mischief, and he kind of just uses us as his playthings. Mm. And then even even other religions, like we're the slaves of God. He's the master, we're his servants. Mm. But it's it's when God becomes flesh and dwells among us that he gives this opportunity of friendship. Mm. Not that not that there's um yeah, that not that it's master slave or it's just like I you're my toy or whatever. Like it's actually he actually wants to be in a relationship, which is always a two way street. Mm. Um which is just mind blowing. Mm-hmm. And not just, and so we get like, um, we get so many, um, I guess examples of this and how Jesus interacts with the apostles in the, in the, in the gospels and how, you know, he cares for them, how he relates to them, how they relate to him. And that actually gives us a blueprint of what our relationship with the Lord should be like. That's not like all oh, those lucky ducks, Peter mm-hmm. and Andrew and Mary Magdalene. Mm-hmm. Oh, how cool it would have been to be like them. Now mm-hmm. there's a whole lot of that, that it would be, it would be something else. Mm-hmm. But for us, he's present there in the Eucharist, right? That same Jesus that cured blind Bartimaeus, that, um, that walked on water is present in the Eucharist to us. And that same Jesus who said, what do you want me to do for you? Mm-hmm. Is present in the Eucharist to us. And that's remarkable. Mm-hmm. And not only remarkable that that is the reality, but also that he longs for us. Yeah. Like it's not just a, hey, it'd be nice if you swung by. Like I'd really like to see you. If you want to be friends, I'm cool with that. Uh, I got room on my list. Like he sent you a friend request and it's just like hanging out. Like, man, right? Like, but he, it longs to be in your presence, to have us in his presence. That's mind blowing. It is. And even like there was a, a little line in here that said, um, he says, I'm with you always, that's Matthew, for where your treasure is, there also will your heart be. And I always think about that, like where our treasure is, Mm -hmm. there our heart will be. So if my treasure is the Eucharist, then that's where I'll be. That's where I'll spend time. Mm -hmm. But he actually flips it around. In other words, we are his treasure. Mm. The Lord is present in the Blessed Sacrament, in the monstrance, and in the tabernacle, because he wants to be near us because we are his treasure that his people are really the the treasure of of uh, of the lord's heart which mm-hmm. is remarkable right you think about this so much about he's our treasure but actually he give everything anything for us right he'd die for mm-hmm. us he would give us everything to give us life mm-hmm. and um that heart burning with infinite love for us in the mm-hmm. blessed sacrament mm-hmm. I, that's something people Right. And we did a whole episode on the adoration and like Mm -hmm. this reality. But this idea, like this, this one statement, Jesus is here in person with his heart burning with infinite love for us Mm -hmm. in the blessed sacrament, burning for love for us. 
Like this is the reality. And so often we think about, um, you know, our, our suffering Lord and all he went through and all he suffered and died and the beauty and how much he loved us and that he, he was willing to do that. And he proved his love for us by willing to go to those lengths. And yet in a real way, he's still heartbroken at the loss of so many of us who unfriend him or kick him yeah, to the side. Yeah. Sorry. Or just ignore him. Or just ignore him altogether. Yeah. And when we take, go out of our way, when we reorder our lives, rightly order them to God, to Christ, and we spend this time with him, we console him. We have the power to console him. It, and so often we think about it, we go to God to pray. Why? Because I need something. I need a healing. So and so suffering. Take this away. Help me with this. Help me with X, Y, Z. And we think we go to him so that he can console us. And that is a part of it. And he wants to do that. Sure. Like you said, this is the same Jesus who healed blind Bartimaeus, all of those things. But we forget the reciprocal side of this relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's what a friendship is, a give and a take, right? right. We have the power also our presence consoles him because yeah. he is burning. His heart is burning with love for us and he's longing for us to be with him. Right. And to do more than just a high drive by. Right. Hey, I heard about you once in Sunday school when I was in third grade. See ya. Right. <laughs> See ya when my time is up. Right. Type of a thing, right. So we have the power also to console him. And that is also mind blowing. Yeah. It's so humbling. Right. To go into a church and there's nobody there. And like, Oh Jesus, you seem a little lonely in here. I'll I'll stick around and stay with you for a while, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. he, he waits in that tabernacle and in that yeah. chapel constantly for us, right? Mm-hmm. He, he's just there waiting for us, mm-hmm. and we actually get a chance to say, "Oh, you must be lonely here, Lord." Mm-hmm. And there's so many tabernacles throughout the world where he's not well loved, or well, mm-hmm. he is lonely, or he is mm-hmm. just kind of waiting around for somebody else to show up and. Mm-hmm. Luckily, he's a very patient God, and he'll wait there forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but maybe that motivates us to say, "Whew, there's nobody here with you, Lord. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be the one." Mm-hmm. And this is too rep- what the, the church in her wisdom teaches us about reparation, right? That our mm-hmm. lives become lives of reparation for those who are not loving the Lord, for those who right. don't know Him, for those who are spurning Him, for those who are just ignorant to to the truth, right? That our lives, our prayer, our um, acts of charity, right? That they become acts of reparation for those who aren't loving him. Mm -hmm. So I like to look at it that way. Like for everyone who spits on him, you know, I want to be a Veronica that's wiping his face type of a thing. And every one of those little acts is an act of reparation. And again, consoling him. We have the power to console him, the God, the Savior, right? right? This God man, this dope God man. That's crazy. It is crazy. Just drop you to your knees. It Holy should. moly. Ah, oh, okay. So no longer do I call you servants. This is in John's gospel. For the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. So again, going back to like Moses' time in the Old Testament, Moses was the only one who could speak to the Lord face to face, right? He was the intercessor on behalf of all of the people, the mm-hmm. only one who could go in this this cloud, holy right? Of, yeah. This holy of holies. And now Jesus is saying, no longer do I call you servants. No longer is this the situation. For the servant doesn't know what the master is doing. I have called you friends, for I have heard from my father and I've made known to you all of it. That's amazing that yeah. that this this it's is the relationship he wants with us. Yeah. Right. And not just Moses, not just, you know, not just sister so-and-so or father so-and-so mm-hmm. or, you know, the monk or whatever. Like this is actually the relationship the Lord wants with 
everybody, right? Mm-hmm. This is this is addressed to all, not just to the to one person in particular, mm-hmm. but this is this is for us all. Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's important to point out too, like you mentioned, with how merciful and how patient the Lord is, and how how slow He is to. Um, to draw us back to him. And that's in our, for our own good too. Like it would shock our system if we went from cold, tepid waters to like a fiery furnace, like that right. wouldn't be great. So we slowly, like he slowly turns our ice cold hearts into a fire of love mm-hmm. for him. And so hearts to speak. of flesh. Yeah. Right. Um, so, but I think it's good to remember as, cause you mentioned not father so-and-so or Mr. Monk or sister so-and-so like this is for all of us. It as secular men and women, you know, with busy lives and families and everything, we, we perhaps don't have hours every day to, to go to mass, to adore the Lord in the tabernacle or, or in adoration. But we probably have an hour a week, an hour a week. And that's what father, yeah. father makes the point mm-hmm. here, like an hour a week, like that's, that's such an important mm-hmm. hour each week, and it's so great that our our we have two adoration chapels within our our region of parishes, and how I in some ways I think that's like the the engine room of our parishes mm-hmm. where all the the prayers and you know the the time that people spend with them mm-hmm. is uh, is powerful. Can I tell you the other engine room of your parishes? Every time I read the bulletin of like the suffering, here's pray for the sick. Mm. Here are these people who are keeping the parishes alive. These people sure. who are sick and suffering, who who feel like they're not doing anything for anything because they can't do anything for anything. I'm like, right here. Yeah. <laughs> this is where the merit is happening. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, these, these silent times when we're adoring the Lord in prayer, when we're giving the Lord that time, when we're giving him these sufferings, you know, physical, mental, emotional, whatever it might be, this is what is keeping our life keeping as a parish going. Yeah. going. And greater than that, right? Are are the lives of our souls, mm-hmm. right? So, okay. True happiness is knowing true love, a love that never changes, a love that has neither limits nor conditions, a love that is always there. This love awaits us in the blessed sacrament. What? It awaits us. It's just sitting there. Mm-hmm. It's saying, Julia, I don't care how late you are. I don't care how much that the clock is ticking. I'm still here. Right. That's crazy. Yeah. That's it. Let's roll That's this it. scroll and get out of here. Well, I want to go spend should, time in adoration. Now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we could roll it with St. Therese of St. Therese of Lisieux. You saw that in there, right? Of course I'm I sure did. You didn't miss that. I did not. Oh, darling, think then that Jesus is there in the tabernacle express expressly for you for you alone. He is burning with the desire to enter your heart. The nature of love is to humble oneself. In order that love be fully satisfied, it is necessary that it lower itself to nothingness and transform this nothingness into fire. Mm -hmm. Because you think about that and kind of like this downward and then upward progression. So you start with the God of the universe, who the word that helped all of creation and existed for all, for all eternity becomes one of us, a human being, you know, walking around and everything human beings do, eating and, mm-hmm. you know, and whatever human beings do. And then he goes even lower as he stays with us under the appearance of bread. Mm. Not anything glamorous, but Mm-mm. literally bread that doesn't even have any yeast in it. Mm-hmm. But that 
love that causes him to lower itself completely is our ladder back up, right? Mm. Because then it, it comes into us in humanity and transforms us into something divine, transforms us into something heavenly so that we can live eternally with, with our, with our Lord. And mm. it's this incredible like condescension that our Lord does not just in becoming human, but staying with us under the appearances of bread. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. flame and yawn. It's not, you know, whatever else rich people eat. Um, but it's, it's just bread. Flour and don't and you think the part of that too is back to how we began? He longs to be with us. Mm. He longs for us to be near him. And so he's made himself totally approachable. I mean, he came to us as a child, right. as an infant. Who, who's afraid of approaching a baby, right? right. He's, he remains with us in this appearance of something that seems totally ordinary, right? Like, how can you be afraid of right. approaching that? Like, he wants to be near us so much that he, like you said, humbles himself to pretty uh, crazy degrees right. in order for us to continue to draw near. I've thought about this as I'm signing checks before. Mm-hmm. You know, I sign checks all the time. We got to pay the electric bill, sure. got to pay the employees, got to do all this, that, and the other. I think the most important check I ever sign is to the church supply company to buy the bread, right? And it's like the such the simple thing, right? Like, um, and, and in the grand scale of the budget, right? Nobody, nobody's like, all right, we got to make sure we got enough money for, for the hosts, mm-hmm. but that's, that's the essential thing that we gotta, mm-hmm. we gotta spend our money. And that's the most important check that gets signed week in and week out. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you don't think about that and it's comparatively insignificant, but I guess the good news is that even a poor parish can afford, you know, can afford the bread. Even if the lights are off, you know, we can, you know. I'll buy some candles and we'll be okay. And we'll just, you know, as long as we can get some bread, keep those lights off. Yeah. I had the opportunity of going into a parish this weekend that it was, it was open, but the sun was just setting. So no lights were on. It was just Mm. like really dark. So it was just me and the blessed sacrament. You just see that red light. It was dark. And and there, they wasn't, they didn't have a lot of candles. So it was really like dark besides the, yeah. Mm -hmm. (sighs) It was awesome. Yeah. I do that a lot in the the church right next to the rectory. You You know, you go in the night and it's like, don't lights the sanctuary lamp. And as you mentioned, the candles. Right. candles. What about this little gem in this, this spiritual advice that Father Florian gave? Consider your allotted hour of adoration as an hour of paradise. Go there as one goes to heaven, to the divine banquet, and this hour will be desired, greeted with happiness. Sweetly keep alive the desire for it in your heart. Tell yourself, in four hours... In two hours, in one hour, I will go to our Lord's audience of grace and love. He invited me. He awaits me. He desires me. Mm. What? St. Peter Julian Amard. What? Rolls the scroll. That is so good. Consider it an hour of paradise. Yep. Yeah, you take a little trip to paradise every week, right? And I think we talked about this when we talked about the adoration. Like when you begin, when this is new, it's natural to be uncomfortable to mm-hmm. like, what am I doing here? Do I kneel? Do I stand? And to, like the hour would probably go by slowly. Sure. But the more you love the Lord, the more you want to love the Lord, the more he draws you into that, the more you come to realize how true this is. Like right. this is the coveted time in my schedule all week. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you, you defend it. <laughs> like right. Nothing will happen from this time to this time. Um, yeah, I just love that to consider that to to prepare yourself for what is about to happen when you spend that time with him. Recently, too, after you here at the parishes gave us the opportunity to kneel when receiving Holy Communion, began really pondering the reality of like, 
what how do you want to approach the Lord when you finally when your time comes and you meet him face to face? Like how will you stand before him mm-hmm. to receive him and to approach him? And I got thinking about that and pondering about, you know, just what what how I was going to receive him from now on. And anyway, it made the decision pretty easy. Mm. <laughs> I feel like I would be on my knees and if not completely prostrate before him. Sure. Right? This nobody. But anyway, to think about this time we're preparing to go to adoration, this time we're pre- preparing to receive him. These are holy, sacred mm-hmm. moments. Right. Mm. And it's so easy to make because it be, can become so ordinary, right? And sometimes if if the uh, the heart's not firing, we can just kind of become, I don't know, it can become mundane, it can become ordinary. And mm-hmm. so we like in that in some ways that's the battle of the spiritual life is at, if things begin to get, you feel yourself being tepid or distracted or kind of, just that very gentle, keep coming back to, okay, this is, this is where we are. This is what we're doing. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves, um, oh yeah, this is, this is what's important. This is, and that's okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So if, if those feelings aren't there of like, oh, this is, this is really paradise, right? Oh, yeah. Not to beat yourself up or to mm-hmm. compare ourselves and say, oh man, somebody else is so much holier. I'm never going to be that way. And, and all of this and that. And that seems to be the, the work, work of the devil. I had a, another priest told me recently that, He's been praying with like comparison is the enemy of joy. Mm-hmm. And that's that's so true. And mm-hmm. so wherever we are, right, all we can do is just to keep taking that one step forward ourselves. And mm-hmm. we, you can say like adoration is really, maybe that hour of adoration is really a struggle. And you've got a thousand things on your mind because there's so many things to do. But just to give that time to the Lord. And even at the end of it, if you're distracted the whole time, say, all right, Lord, well, this is your time. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll do a little better next week. But this is this was the time I had. And mm-hmm. sorry, my to-do list was raging through my mind. Mm-hmm. And and that's okay, right? Mm-hmm. The, the the most important thing is that we're 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 faithful, that we persevere, that we don't let that get us discouraged and say, Well, I'm no good at praying. I'm not gonna do this, right? I'm mm-hmm. wasting time before the Lord. No. That's never the case. If you're struggling in adoration, it's it's fidelity to to the time that's the most important thing. So, Amen. so um, yeah, take courage. If if things don't seem this glorious and this heavenly and this sweet, mm-hmm. hang in there. Mm-hmm. Um, prayer is is a battle. There's a beautiful section in the mm-hmm. Catechism entitled "The Battle of Prayer," and uh, and that's it for all of us. And yeah. So if Pope Benedict. B-16 Balmer shout out, editor of the Catechism. If he thought it's important enough to include that in the Catechism, it's good enough for me. And it means that it's something we all experience. Mm-hmm. And two, it, that might be a good note, too, to mention. Like if to, It might be a good time to perhaps seek spiritual direction sure. to talk to talk about that because there are times in the, our soul's journey to the Lord where we go through periods of dryness and desolation and aridity where it's not a sign that we're doing anything wrong. In fact, it's a sign that the Lord is in fact growing us and, mm-hmm. and growing our faith and maturing us. And, and again, ground rooting us in what you talked about more deeply and it's faithfulness to him that matters, not feel good feelings. Right. Right. And, and even if you're struggling with that hour and that example you gave and your mind ran that entire hour, but you kept giving it back to him. Well, how more meritous is that? Sure. Than the person that sits there with ease. And it's like, Oh, it's just so easy for me to check out for this hour and check back in. Right. Mm-hmm. How much more that struggle is, is how many acts of love you get to give. Yes, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. So if it's, if that's something you really struggle with, maybe, maybe wonder about that seeking mm-hmm. spiritual direction or spiritual counsel and, um, and know that, yeah, the struggle is never in vain. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Meeting tent. Moses speaks to him face to face as a friend. We get that opportunity to do the same thing in, in adoration. adoration. Dang. Dang. 
<laughs> That's a good summary. I think so. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well. Also, one little interesting thing that like multiple occasions in that little section from Exodus mentioned that it was pitched outside of the camp, right? Like they pitched it away from the camp. Moses went out to go to it. It's like the important sure. of like going out from our ordinary life for our prayer. You think about Jesus leaving, like when Jesus wakes up early in the morning to pray, he leaves everybody else, right? Like sometimes we need that break from our ordinary life. And, and, uh, and that's just, uh, that's one of the beautiful things of a chapel. It's like, okay, I got to, sure, I can pray in my house. Mm -hmm. um, but anybody who's tried that knows you get out and you go somewhere that's set aside for holiness that you can kind of have this break. Moses can leave all of the people's troubles. Actually, he brings them with him before mm -hmm. the face of the Lord. But just a little like practical wisdom there oh, from yeah. Moses building that um, outside of the uh, outside of the camp. Yeah, and Jesus tells us, you know, when you pray, go into the inner room and close the door and put down your phone. And put down your phone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good advice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Bada bing, bada boom. All right. We're all called that, to be saints. That, that, that's all, folks. That's all, folks. We're all called to be saints with this right. man who loves us so. Yeah, so. and we're his treasure. And we're his treasure. Yeah. Dang. Dang. That's good stuff. Okay. I'm going to adoration after this. Are you? Well, like you. I don't know if I have time. It's ticking, ticking, ticking. Yeah. But. <laughs> I'll get there sometime soon. Uh, okay. All right. That's so good. Okay. Thank you. Where are we going next week? Oh, you got to oh. that off. And see where we go. Hmm. Is there anything else about... Oh, I was going to ask you a question. You mentioned with, um, you know, Jesus and he was walking around with his friends and it might be cool to hang out with the friends and, you know, what the apostles up to and they're just talking about friendly things. I was going to ask you, I had a random thought pop in my head while you're throwing that. I got one. Oh, the nice. Penitential Act and the Gloria. All right. Good deal. First Put try. Put it on the board. Man. Good. Are you proud of me? I am proud of you. Thanks. Do you think Jesus and his friends ever had discussions about how long they were going to grow their beards out? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Do you think they did? I don't know. I mean, they all t they all had beards. They did. I they certainly didn't have electric razors. I don't know the time back there, like how they even scissors. Scissors. Seems, that was a thing. I don't know. Something sharp. Maybe they just let it grow naturally until it didn't grow anymore. Great questions. It's possible. Something we all can ponder in the days to come. It is something we can ponder in the days to come. <laughs> you know, friends. He speaks to us as a he friend. He speaks to us as friends. Wants they to talk to us about things important and less important. You're going to pray us out, I'm going to pray us out. Listen, this little article had three really wonderful quotes from three really wonderful saints. Therese, you already mentioned, the cure of ours, mm. John Vianney, and then Pope St. John Paul II. So we'll close with the quotes that were in for prayer, the quotes that were listed in this article. Is that Great. good? Great. Okay. First, the cure of ours, often pointed to the tabernacle, saying, Jesus is really there, and if you knew how much he loves you, you would be the happiest person in the world. Pope St. John Paul II says, Jesus waits for us in this sacrament of love. And of course, St. Therese writes, Oh, darling, think then that Jesus is there in the tabernacle expressly for you, for you alone. He is burning with a desire to enter your heart. The nature of love is to humble oneself. In order that love be fully satisfied, it is necessary that it lowers itself to nothingness, 
and transform this nothingness into fire.